I think if we really do believe in ourselves and we believe that we're, we're so freaking strong, I mean, we really have the power to heal anything. Hi, I'm Zoe. Hi, I'm Erica. Hey, Erica. This is our podcast. Well, what do we do on the podcast? Uh, we talk to wellness experts. What do we talk about? Mm, wellness stuff. And why are we doing this? Because we want to have an inclusive conversation about things that you can actually use and apply to your life. Right. We don't think that wellness should feel preachy. We think it should feel like everybody can participate. That's right. So if you like what you hear, tell a friend. Give us five stars. They're do all free. All of the above. All of the above. And think of us as your navigators on the bumpy highway to well. Well, Alyssa Goodman is a nutritionist and she has a holistic practice where she does coaching and she has a cleanse and she's got a really fascinating and kind of just, I don't know, her story is pretty incredible. She's gone through the ringer with her health and the health of her family and Yes, I think it's safe to say that right now we could all use a little bit of a success story in, in the world of health and wellness. This is just like uh, a woman who's kind of, yeah, she's been through it all. Just on the topic of things feeling inspiring and motivating, um, I don't know when the last time you've checked our reviews, but I have a little surprise for you. We have a five-star rating on our podcast. Thank you to all the people who have rated, which is not a few, but it's Can over 75. Your, just give me your mom's address and I'll send her a thank you card. <laughs> But I would like to give a shout out, at least to the most recent, which is Megan.podcasting. She says, so glad I found this podcast. Erica and Zoe do such a good job covering a variety of topics. Their guests are amazing and their conversations are real and honest. I recommend this show to anyone. Aw, uh, thanks, Megan. <laughs> this feels weird. I'm not comfortable tooting horns. Did you toot your horn when I wasn't I looking? <laughs> it was supposed to make you feel good. No, it does. It does. It does. All right. Well, I'll just let you look at the other ones in private because they're really nice. It made me feel good. No, that's really, that's really, uh, because, you know, it's um, it's a weird feeling to be sort of talking into a void sometimes or what feels like a void, especially when you have such good information that people need to hear. Yes. Like like this story. Yeah. He's a Um, resource, man. This lady is a resource. It really, it's like I might move to California just to be closer to her. I know. I kind of want to see if there's like a session available. She has so many, I mean, obviously we have to follow up and get all of this incredible information that she has access to because she knows some people. Yeah. She knows some people. She's got some, ne- she knows some healers and I need some healers because I've got some things. All right. Well, should we have a listen? Let's have a listen. Hey guys. So you may have figured out by now that Zoe and I are huge fans of functional mushrooms. And that's because their benefits are legit from increasing focus and concentration to helping you sleep and probably most importantly, providing incredible support for your immune system. And yes, that is actual science. You can check it out on our blog at earthandstar.com. But who doesn't need a little bit of extra immune support right now if we're being honest? But anyway, the most important thing for you to know, actually, is that you have to have these fabulous fungi in your system every day in order to reap the benefits. So Earth and Star, our new brand, is making it as easy as possible for you to get the amazing benefits of functional mushrooms every day. Like if you've got a serious cold brew habit, there's a can for that. 
If you love your afternoon matcha latte, then we've got you covered there. And if you're not like G-Love and you're not feeling the cold beverages, then how about a totally delicious dark chocolate bar that also helps you increase focus and concentration while satisfying your sweet tooth. And it pairs super well with red wine. So we at Earth and Star have created as many ways as possible to help you elevate your everyday routine because we are not asking you to add another pill or a powder to your very busy schedule of supplements. We just want it to be as easy and absolutely delicious as possible for you to get some mush love into your life. So check us out at earthandstar.com and get 15% off your first order with the code HTW. How are you going to celebrate your two-week quarantine reunion a year later? <laughs> Remember when we started? Very... I know, we totally <laughs> thought it was going to be two weeks. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. I, I just have to say there's there's such a silver lining for me and all of this in a nutshell. Uh, I've been celebrating this quarantine probably. I mean, I didn't so much that probably the first three months or four months, but since then, those... I never had any downtime in my entire life, you know, like like I've had in this last year. I was such like on the go, always stressed out, just moving a million miles an hour. Always felt like I had to be socializing as well. I mean, I do love people. So I never really gave myself any kind of real break. And also I never gave myself a chance to really sit down and get to know myself and see if I even liked me. And this last month, I have just made a complete, you know, circle back to, wow, I really like hanging out with myself. I never did before. So my celebration is, long story short, is just really, I love the fact that I don't need to go out and run around and I love hanging with myself and I'm okay to be, you know, not having to do 50 million things just because I feel like I'm not productive or I'm not, you know, I'm not useful or I'm not worthy. Um, now I just feel completely worthy just hanging with myself and, and doing what I love. I'm just, I love what I do. So that's a long story, like a long question, like answer to that question, but no, not at all. You got to find out if you like yourself or not. <laughs> there yeah. are so many people who are terrified to spend five minutes with themselves. So yeah, I think uh, for that group, I'm sure this this time has been just... <laughs> just horrible. Horrifying. <laughs> but yeah, no, yeah. I'm, I'm in the same boat. I can definitely spend uh, uh, no downtime, um, unfortunately, but I have no problem spending days with myself. And just, <laughs> so. I'm a little worried moving forward. To be well, honest. that's what I was about to say. I do feel like I've talked to a handful of people recently who are feeling a little bit of anxiety about what comes next because, you know, having less to do with, you know, the time spent with yourself, but just our, our patterns have changed so much. The way that we spend our time, the way that we fill our time and, you know, making plans with friends has become a different thing. And just making plans to do anything really has become a different thing because we were inhibited from making plans for so long. So I feel like there's definitely this slight, you know, hesitation, tiptoe, anxiety sense of like, things are definitely going to be different and it's mostly for the good. But what about the fact that I really enjoy, you know, whatever it's going to be, my 3 p.m. Yeah. walk that I was not normally able to take or whatever you want to call it. 
Absolutely. And not going back to the hectic world because I know as a nutritionist, you know, and a and someone who dealt with many, many health issues over my entire lifetime, you know, I know that in my heart of hearts and my soul, that wasn't a good way to live. I had, I needed some more balance and uh, the pandemic forced me to really dive in and get that balance back. And now I'm nervous about, you know, keeping it. Like, yeah. So hopefully I will. Well, so that's a good segue because just speaking, touching on, you know, your personal story and your journey. Um, and it really is just remarkable, you know, what you've kind of gone through and come out the other side. So are you willing to, to share your, your experience with us and how you've arrived at the work that you're doing today? Absolutely. I mean, it's in a nutshell, um, it was a very, very long journey. So I want to tell people first and foremost that it was a journey that was definitely worth doing, of course, now that I am where I'm at today at going to be turning 61. And honestly, I always say I feel better than I did when I was 20 or 30. I just have more energy, more, of course, more clarity, more self-love and just definitely everything works for me now. Uh, more intimate connections, you know, just doing what I passionately love. So all those things are fabulous. And, but most of my life, I wasn't like that. Um, I came into the world, had a low white blood cell count. So they really didn't know to, what to do with that when I was a kid. Um, so they just tried to keep me well in regards to getting enough sleep, you know, somewhat eating well, but I was always sick because I, because of that immune system was not strong and I got every illness um, that ever came around. And if I did stay up too late, I'd get sick the next day. It was just not a fun way to grow up. And then I had these parents who were very successful, motivated, you know, traveling around the world, very, um, you know, driven and would get five hours of sleep and look at me and go, you know, what's wrong with you? Because you're younger and should be, you know, living on less sleep and being able to accomplish more than us. And they totally ran circles around me. So on that end, I felt very emotionally not good about myself, you know, not good enough, um, insecure, no self-worth, really a lot of that. So I had not only physically feeling just like I couldn't keep up, but mentally also I felt the same way. So that double whammy, you know, sort of caused me to run this, you know, I was just on a treadmill, probably at a, you know, level of, you know, 10 basically, um, because I really kept wanted to keep up and I needed to make them proud. And myself, I think, you know, I felt like, God, why can't I do this? So I did try to climb the corporate ladder and do everything that I was supposed to be doing that I was trained to do to be successful and monetarily successful and all of that. But um, as I climbed the ladder, I just got sicker and sicker. And then it accumulated to getting cancer at 32. And that was my first real wake up call because it was very scary in the way the doctors treated me and like my future it was sort of like, wow, you got cancer and the future doesn't look so good. What type um, of cancer was it? It was on Hodgkin's lymphoma. Mm -hmm. So it was an early stage and they were all, they were basically got to do chemo, radiation, freeze your eggs. You know, do you have a donor? I mean, they hadn't even staged the cancer yet. So the way that doctors treat you in this environment is definitely scary, but it was, it became an early stage. And I had one doctor say to me, I saw three of them and he said to me, he sat me down and he goes, tell me about your stress. 
what is your emotional well-being like? You know, are you happy? Or do you love what you do? Like, and it was so amazing because they don't, they just still don't do that today. And this, and I burst into tears. I'm like, I'm really stressed out. My whole, I, I don't even know what happiness is. And emotionally felt just really not good about myself. And he's like, wow, that, you know, I cried like crazy in his office. And I'm like, why don't, you know, it's just so beautiful that he asked those questions. And I was able to release that stress that I had been carrying around as well. And he's like, you know, we need, you need to work on this. This is very important part of, you know, maybe why this cancer came up. So that's what I did. I, I went into therapy. I started eating really healthy. I started, you know, reading every self-help book I could get my hands on. I did yoga. I started juicing. I became a vegan, not a successful one, but I really was, I was lucky because I'd moved from New York to LA. So LA, had a juice place. It had Erewhon at the time, not like it is today, but um, it had Mrs. Gucci's, which is Whole Foods. So, and yoga was very popular. So it was really a pretty cool place to be in regards to having all that uh, access. Also, I went to a naturopath, acupuncture. I just, I'm an explorer. So um, I did all of that. I healed. I didn't do what they told me to do. I didn't do chemo. I did half the radiation. And when they radiated me, they radiated my upper mantle, which is like, you know, your breastbone and your neck. So they radiated my thyroid. So I got hypothyroidism, of course. Um, and then after, then I had my first daughter and then I got Hashimoto's and I got celiac after that. So, well, when you say, well, yes. sorry, we're going to pause there because I want to dig into some of this other stuff. But um, when you say like you, you got these things, right? Like they were just sort of like turned on. These are all autoimmune issues you're talking about. Well, my thyroid was radiated. So my thyroid was, I'm, I'm sure I would have gotten hypothyroidism from my stress and the way I was living anyway, yeah. but that radiation didn't help the thyroid. It, my thyroid shrunk. So that was interesting, but you're right. The autoimmune stuff turned on because of, you know, immune system was compromised. And a lot of times people, after they have a, baby if they have hyperthyroidism they get Hashimoto's and then if you have celiac a lot of times that's in conjunction you know that can lead to Hashimoto's as well so yes I I, I had Epstein-Barr as you know the medical medium talks about in all of his books and he's all over the internet these days um, I had mono and strep and chicken pox and shingles and every single form of Epstein-Barr growing up um, and it lays dormant in your system in your organs so I definitely had those things in my body and then immune system was still a bit compromised. And during this time where you're experiencing all of these challenges and then you have a newborn, mm-hmm. or, I mean, were you also, were you working or were you kind of yes. dedicating your whole time to, yeah. Yeah, I was working at the time still. I know I quit working when I had my second child, but I think, you know, I was, I was brought up with that work ethic. You know, you just keep going. Mm-hmm. You just, you know, no matter what. Um, even if you're tired, you're sick, um, you just keep going because there's an end game here. Really need to, you know, to feel worthy about yourself. You need to accomplish things in your life like that. And you need to check off all those, you know, things on your to-do list, of course. Right. <laughs> the, the classic line growing up, it's like, was always the running joke. I could be, you know, wake up in the morning, feeling ill, don't want to go to school. I, I could be passed out on the floor. It doesn't matter. My mom would just say like, take an aspirin and go. Come on, take an right. aspirin and go. <laughs> just like suck it up. 
was the right, blank so we, response for like any level of feeling bad. It just didn't matter. Like aspirin was magic. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was. It was suck it up and you're going to be fine, right? So yes. that was the mentality. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure, you know, the thought was like, because, you know, you're a teenager, so much of it is mental anyway, um, mm-hmm. or emotional. Um, but can you take, I, I'm just, I'm so curious, like back in, so this is like the nineties, right? Can you just yeah. talk a little bit more about your, you know, when you say like, I was unhappy, was it, you know, were you, were you, you know, were you married at the time? What was your like, relief? what were your relationships like? What were you eating? How yes. has your diet changed from, from then till now? Like, can we dig into that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, the unhappiness was, I think what I was saying is that just low self-esteem, self-worth that was, you know, there from the early years. Um, we develop our, you know, our subconscious is fully downloaded the first seven years of your life. I don't know if you guys have heard that. Oh, yeah. Um, I've got, I've got right? a six-year-old and now I'm like, oh my God, we've got one more year. <laughs> like, I know. Heard up. Exactly. One more year to be okay. Yeah. Um, to tell her how beautiful she is and how smart she is. But there were a lot of there were a lot of messages I got in those first seven years that were very traumatic. Um, you know, you're not good enough. You're a sick kid. You're going to be always sick. You know, um, it was just it was a lot of like relationship traumas that happened. Um, you know, we go through that all of us, and so we operate ninety to ninety five percent out of our subconscious today, which always blows my mind. That always still goes, wow, we're five percent conscious. So those messages were consistently running through my system. And I think that was what made me sort of unhappy. And I was always trying to figure out like, you know, how to um, like quiet those voices, but they were very loud. And um, I think I was always consistently searching for something to be better in my life. Like the grass is always greener kind of syndrome. Mm-hmm. I was married. Um, I had met my husband in New York and we got married and moved to LA in 1990. And um, I was working at Vogue magazine. I thought that was, my husband was great. And I thought, you know, moving to LA was going to be the end all. And then Vogue magazine was going to, I loved fashion. And, you know, I was in the marketing end of the business and, but it was Devil Wears Prada. So, you know, LA wasn't so easy because New York was so, our friends were in New York. And as you know, LA is so spread out and everybody, it was a hard place to meet people. So, and my husband was from Queens. So it was a very hard transition. And I just, and everything, um, it was just a hard existence. I always, I made it hard for myself. So my diet was definitely a lot of sugar, a lot of caffeine, because I was always tired and trying to get myself energized. And at those days, remember, it was all the fat-free cookies and snack wells, all that. Right. Snackwells. I was just going to say, you know, we were eating a lot of processed food and crap like that. And my husband loved uh, sugar and I did too. So it was a lot of, we were eating very poorly um, and we were both very stressed out and just trying to uh, figure things out. So my diet has completely changed and my emotional well-being has, you know, completely changed since then. And, you know, he, as you know, after I had my second daughter and after my cancer, 11 and a half years after my cancer at 43 and a half, he was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um, he was non-Hodgkin's, sorry, you guys. And he, I'm Hodgkin's lymphoma. Okay. He died a year and a half later at 45. So it was, um, you know, that was when the turning point really happened for me. Like I got to get my shit together here. 
I have two girls that are 10 and seven and I haven't been so healthy and I really need to be strong for them. And they're going to think they're automatically going to get cancer. They have two parents who had cancer. Mm -hmm. So it was really, that's when everything changed. You know, it was was two years it took to kind of get my feet on the ground. But after that, that's when I went back to school and got certified in Eastern and Western nutrition I didn't do it to become a nutritionist and to be doing what I'm doing today. I just did it for the family and for myself and to learn as much as I could. And it was so fabulous. And I realized that I absolutely loved it. And I started to really eat better and take care of myself and emotionally take care of myself and figure out what I needed in terms of supplements and get my energy back up instead of through sugar and caffeine. And it was fabulous. And then emotionally be more balanced for the girls. And, and that's when I, you know, got hired to do a food program for Cafe Gratitude and M Cafe in LA. And that's kind of when the career started was I handheld cleansers. It was a cleanse program for both of those restaurants in Los Angeles. And I handheld them through five days of their cleanse. And I learned so much from them. You know, they told me what their ailments were and emotionally and physically and it was fabulous. So that's how it all began. Wow. God, I'm so sorry. I did. That, it's just, uh, I, I mean, it's just an unbelievable loss and like the trauma. Yeah. I just can't even imagine. How it, was it was your, horrible. Yeah. How, how was your path? And I, I, I'm sorry, I don't, I, so can you just give a, a little bit more information about like uh, non-Hodgkin's and Hodgkin? I actually don't know. Yes. Yeah, they're both lymphatic cancers. Um, they have just a different cellular structure to them. Okay, so the um, non-Hodgkin's has like different kind, di- different forms of non-Hodgkin's and there's just one form of Hodgkin's. I'm not sure that the, the doctors really know the big difference either, but... But it's not um, like one is, is like, is the severity the same, would you say? Or? It depends. Like Hodgkin's can be, is sort of known as less severe, but it depends on how far along you're diagnosed. Mm-hmm. So if you're diagnosed with an early stage of Hodgkin's, it's, you know, it's easy, it's a little easier to recover. But if you're diagnosed at stage three or four, of course, it's more difficult. But he was diagnosed with like a stage two of, of the non-Hodgkin's and he's, he didn't recover. So non-Hodgkin's is a little trickier. There's there's a bunch of different forms of non-Hodgkin's and he had one that was really, he had a slow growing one and a fast growing lymphatic, both of them. So so you had been, you had obviously been through a form of this and you chose a very specific route, which was, did not involve much intervention and you went the holistic route. Um, yeah. Your husband, how, how did you influence him and how did he, how did he navigate that? Yeah, I wasn't a, I wasn't the best influence on him. He went the Western route totally. Um, he was terrified. He was terrified that he was going to die. I, I didn't think I was going to die, so I didn't have that mindset. Also, I'm not sure if this came into play for him, but his dad died of cancer when he was two. So you know, you know, who knows if that was in that subconscious that he just thought cancer was going to kill him. Um, that's just definitely, you know something that I think about, but he was terrified and he did all the Western modalities. He didn't really do holistic. I, we did get him to eat healthier and we had someone come in and cook for us and things like that. 
but um, he did two bone marrow transplants in a year and a half. I mean, most people, you know, that's kind of unheard of. Yeah, that's intense. You know, their immune system is so compromised, they take you down to nothing. And just in a year, that's really a hard thing to do. But to do two, um, he just, he died of fallen pneumonia. His immune system was completely compromised. Wow. So, yeah. You know, I, I'm not saying that Western medicine isn't good um, and has its place mm-hmm. in all of this. I definitely do. I just think uh, I'm, I'm such a strong believer that both are important these days. That's why I'm just so um, married to the fact that people, you know, actually see somebody, a functional doctor who's trained in Eastern and Western or is trained in, you know, modalities that can get to the root cause of people's health issue more so than just the general practitioner these days. Yeah. Well, and to your point too, I mean, so much of it is, yes, there's obviously the component of the actual disease, the illness, whatever it is that, you know, in many ways, maybe it's not preventable or maybe there are just, there's only, you know, finite ways that you can address these things preventatively. But to your point, it was, you know, ultimately his immune system, for example, um, that wasn't strong enough to tolerate the treatment. So I mean, to that end that, you know, it's obviously so much of what we focus on in our own, you know, experiences with food as medicine. Um, And, uh, but it it seems like it's something that is so often overlooked because it feels like, you know, it just feels like it's kind of almost too easy. It's like, it's kind of just a throwaway, like tangible, it's not tangible. Exactly. I mean, yeah, maybe you can measure, oh, I must have a strong immune system because I don't get sick that often, but you know, I don't get a cold that often, but you really, I mean, I think this is such a profound example of how powerful it actually can be. Um, and, and again, to your point, you know, we certainly preach the, the gospel of the hybrid approach, right? Western medicine by no means is evil and should be, you know, done away with, but there's so much more to Eastern medicine when it comes to preventing things and actually strengthening the system to prepare for whatever is going to come that, you know, that's a big part of why we have these conversations and why we're doing what we're doing is really just to raise awareness on this because it is actually, it's within reach for, for everybody to, to do something to better themselves in terms of just preparing for, for what might come your way. Absolutely. I really, you know, I, I've seen such miraculous and you too, I'm sure have heard these stories about people who have changed their life, you know, through eating better and just, you know, getting their stress under control, sleeping better, a little bit of exercise, you know, those pillars that you can, you know, that are very accessible to us um, and that are just life-changing. I mean, even that book, Radical Remission, is my favorite cancer books. You guys know it, Kelly Turner, the Mm -hmm. PhD who, oh my God, she was in the HEAL documentary and she did her PhD and she interviewed, right, stage four cancer cases, how they healed. Yeah. And they didn't do Western meds. They holistically healed. And um, she did, she came up with 10 modalities. Seven of them were emotional, you know, distressing and getting rid of trauma. Um, and then the eighth one was food, ninth one was supplements, and 10th one was exercise. It was, she has a website and she still is interviewing people and still, you know, these stories are coming up. So it's pretty amazing. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, you know, even when we started Blueprint Cleanse, which was based on like, you know, cold press, you know, vegetable juices, fruit juices yes. back in the day, it was very much anchored in the idea of, you know, raw foods now we're calling sort of like plant-based diet. But we tried not to be very prescriptive, obviously, about, about you know, you have to do, even in, under the sort of holistic Eastern um, approach, it's like, 
there are so many different paths you can go down. And we've gotten this, this um, conversation with so many functional medicine doctors, different practitioners. And it's shocking every time how, how conflicting some of this information is, right? Like, so I'm curious to get your take on it, but you know, I just personally, anecdotally, I've seen, you know, there's just been so much healing that I've witnessed specifically at like the Ann Wigmore Institute. Wow. Um, and I don't know, have you been there? No, no. So but she's, I know about her, yeah. of course, right? So, yeah, so she's like this uh, raw food, wheatgrass therapy sort of um, leader. And so she, uh, she has this program. People arrived literally with full-blown cancer, stayed indefinitely, did not have cancer when they left. I mean, it was just like, it wasn't just the diet, but obviously they were, you know, doing a lot of exercising, doing wheatgrass therapy, you know, so, but it was certainly all under this umbrella of raw food. Yeah. Um, which for some is, is not beneficial. Um, right. And it's yes. too harsh and it depends where they are, what their body, you know, what their chemistry is. And some people, you know, very hundred percent macro diet is the path, um, the most, you know, healing food for them. So I, I'm just curious what, you know, what your opinion, you know, Meat, no meat. I mean, I don't know. I get so many bone broth, no bone broth. So many functional medicine doctors I have so much respect for, and you know, acupuncturists and all these, all these practitioners. I mean, sometimes they're just like horrified that I was ever a raw foodist, and especially like the you know the acupuncturist, and they're like, oh my god, so you have to build your blood, like eat specifically red meat, like now, run to the cow, kill it immediately <laughs> and i'm just like uh you know I, I don't really know and i've certainly experimented and uh i'm just curious what what's your what has your experience been there that's so funny i run to the cow now uh, i had someone told me that too because when i was a vegan you know i was trying to do be more raw i juice like crazy and uh, when i had cancer so um and i wasn't eating any meat when they the acupuncturist told me the same thing you know you're you're, you're so weak, your blood, you know, you, you know, you need to be nourished. I do, I feel like, um, you know, there are different, you said that there are different modalities for different people. And I think that we all have this intuition that we know what it right, is right for us. And if we really tune in and get quiet and really tune in, um, we know when we're, we're supposed to eat some raw food or cooked food or, you know, meat or no meat. I think that, you know, that's for us to um, make that decision because I think our body tells us what we need it, in every way, emotionally, physically. We just don't listen. We've just been trained to not listen to ourselves. So, um, you know, I, I wish I could be 100% vegan, but my body tells me I need some animal protein. Yeah. You know, I, I crave it. Um, I don't need a lot of it, but I just, I definitely do crave some. Um, my body craves juices. You know, I still am a huge juicer. I mean, I like I juice five to six days a week. Um, I don't put any fruit. I always say in my juices, I just do greens. But, you know, everyone's always like, well, why are you juicing? Because it's no fiber. Like it's just, you know, it's just colored water. But I believe it isn't. You know, it has a lot of nutrients in it. Because yeah. I juice it. And at the end of the day, if it's working for you, then why does yes. it matter what their opinion is? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. It doesn't. It's also just like not about fiber. It's so oversimplifying yeah. something that is extremely complex. I mean, right. 
there's so much more chemically going on in there. It's like there's enzymes, there, you know, there's chlorophyll, there, there's yeah. just, yes. there's more. Um, and fiber is super important, but you can get that from other sources. You don't have to get yes. your juice. You don't have to, and my juice isn't my meal. It's just right. my liquid IV of vitamins and minerals. But yeah. yeah, I think that, you know, people are so swayed too. You guys see it. Somebody tells them to, you know, go on the prolong. I just noticed that a client of mine went on the prolong and her Hashimoto's came back. It took her five weeks to get her antibodies down. Wait, I'm not familiar with the prolong. What is that? You aren't? So the prolong is this um, fasting mimicking protocol that's five days. It was created by Dr. Longo. He's at the head of the Longevity Center at USC. So it's very, very popular these days. It comes in a box and you get a certain amount of calories per day. And it's all about cell autophagy. Mm-hmm. So it's about anti-aging. And they've had miraculous studies that people do the prolong before they go into chemo and go mm-hmm. into treatment for cancer. And the chemo works better. Or you know, So they've had anti-aging, inflammation numbers going down. You know, they, They've been studying it for years. He has been. And, but it's a starvation. Right five-day program with powdered soups. I mean, the food doesn't taste very good, I'll tell you that. And it's it's a weird combination of things. It's like sugar water and olives and kale chips and powdered soups, really, and a protein bar. Oh. Um, but so again, you know, it's it's like, it's not these things, these, you, you know, every now everyone's doing it. So everybody thinks they should do it to lose weight and to anti-age and right. We kind of follow our whatever it is, eat, you know, the bulletproof diet, eat more fat, put butter in MCT oil in your coffee, right? Um, we kind of just, we go on these tangents and I think they're, honestly, I feel like they're really unhealthy. You know, we, well, we again, don't listen to ourselves. Yeah, we don't listen to ourselves and we tend to listen to everybody and everybody all at the same time. So I feel like, yeah. you know, not to make blanket statements, but I think in general, you know, as a culture, we're so used to just consuming news and consuming, you know, clickbait, especially now more than ever. And, you know, a celebrity culture of influencers, et cetera. So we kind of see all the things that everyone is doing. And then we do all of them as opposed to maybe going down the path with one to see how it feels and to stop and assess. Like, we're just not good at that. Um, no. And, uh, you know, I think it, it ultimately will explode in, in people's faces and in many ways, hopefully not in any kind of serious medical condition, but it's, it's entirely possible, it feels like. I feel like the, this COVID has um, also forced us, a lot of us, you know, that who really do want to get healthy and be strong and, you know, moving forward, um, the potential of even after the vaccine of getting COVID, you know, still maybe not dying from it, but just still getting these things that viruses, we were always going to have viruses around. Um, I feel like it's made us more, you know, hopefully present in the regard of how, you know, what works for each of us and what's going to make us stronger and the immune system stronger and eating healthier and de-stressing and sleeping better. I mean, all there's so many modalities out there that are kind of talking to us about all of that, but I'm hoping that this has slowed us down to make us you know, take another look at, wow, we really do need to take, this needs to be number one in our life more so than it has. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. It's, uh, it's definitely not going to slow down. So I think it's, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're, all, we're all realizing that, um, yes, the variants will keep coming. The viruses will keep coming. Uh, you know, the pace in which we like, 
move around move throughout the world every day is just like it's getting faster and faster and so it's just like it's not about um you know treating the virus it's about fixing the host right exactly exactly and and not being afraid you know not living in fear you know that's also a huge aspect to what's happening with people and i know with clients i mean they live in fear of a cold even Mm -hmm. you know or an ailment that might be coming down the pike that might never happen. So to be less fearful, like even if you do get it, you will recover. That's, I think that's what helped me through my cancer and what got me past Hashimoto's and hypothyroidism was, I'm going to get through this. I'm going to get past it. You know, I'm not fearful. Um, it sucks that I have, you know, I don't feel good, but I just, I know that um, I have the strength and the perseverance and, and maybe the intellect to figure out what is going to work yeah, and get well, me past it. And it, I mean, the example you gave earlier of, of your husband who kind of approached it with fear. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously nobody's, you know, assigning blame or anything like that, but, you know, it feels like if you have a choice in terms of how you approach something, if you can get past the fear and try to, you know, roll with it, like it's only going to help. It's not going to hurt you to try to, just change your thinking around something. Um, I mean, you know, I think there's a, a very broad spectrum of, of theories on how, you know, how much your emotions and your attitude can impact your overall, you know, health and well-being, and you can change your life. And maybe some of that's true and some of it is magical thinking. But yeah, I mean, when you're thinking about actually living in fear of something, then you're not doing yourself any favors by trying to come out the other side of it. Yeah, no, I feel like um, for me, what's been really remarkable is that part of my story. Eating well has been a big part of my story since my husband passed away. But the emotional part, I didn't really get together until about a couple of years ago. And um, I did a couple of years ago, two and a half years ago, I did some um, psilocybin journeys. <laughs> so I never thought I would do it, but um, I knew that it was calling me and I realized that that emotional fear part needed to really be worked on. And I, and that completely changed my life. Okay. Can you talk about that a little bit more? Cause (laughs) obviously, you know, we get excited about mushrooms um, and our mushrooms are, you know, slightly different adjacent, but please, please share. Yes. The edible kind. I guess they're both edible. They're both edible, but um, yeah, I know it's not legal here yet, but I hope to someday, cause I've seen some remarkable changes in people's, you know, anxiety and depression and alcoholism and stuff doing these journeys that are been, you know, monitor journeys, not just going out mm-hmm. for fun and doing mushrooms, but those can be fun too, I'm sure. But I, um, I went into, I did a little side room journey with a shaman and I was actually having some insomnia. I was trying to heal my thyroid and I had gone to the medical medium and worked with him for a couple of years. And he put me on a protocol that um, made me feel really, really good. But my when I did my blood work, my hypo, my number, my thyroid numbers were out of whack. My antibodies were out of whack. It was really weird because the doctor was like, "Wow, the, these numbers look like you can't even get out of bed." And I was definitely out of bed and felt fine. But then what I think it accumulated to was um, I went into I got some insomnia, so I think I got very revved up and couldn't calm down my neurological system. Um, so I got insomnia for about a year, which was probably one of the worst things I've ever experienced, worse than the cancer. 
And then I was, I realized one night in my insomnia, like, oh my God, there is just more to this story emotionally that I'm not looking at. Mm-hmm. And that's when I did a um, psilocybin journey with a shaman. And, you know, he took me through, I, I went into these dark spaces that I had into my subconscious that I had grown up with, you know, the messages that I was telling myself. And I was able to sort of release them from the body um, and get past the other side and really sort of embrace them instead of be consistently scared of them, like we were talking about. And um, I started sleeping again. And it was, it was so incredible. And then, so I did a few more to get, you know, further release of PTSD and some traumas that I experienced in my life and even losing my husband's trauma and my cancer and all of those things. And, and that's when the healing really began. Like my thyroid numbers honestly went back into normal range after a couple of the psilocybin journeys. And, um, and then also that's when I started really realizing, you know, how much I needed to love myself and, and honor myself, not in a egocentric way, but just as, you know, really like start to put myself first and, um, you know, teach my girls how to do that as well. Because as you know, in this world, especially in LA and growing up, um, it's, it's a rat race. And so to really teach them how to chill out and know that everything's going to be okay and not have to do everything perfect and not have to, you know, be on that treadmill was the most beautiful thing I've ever done. And the, I think the best thing I could have ever offered to them. So these, the journeys have been pretty incredible. Um, How many so times did you do it? I've probably done it about four times okay. over the last two and a half years. And that was all guided? Yeah, it was all guided. Yeah, I I couldn't have done it not guided. I think that I have so much anxiety in my life that I think uh, I would have probably gone into a very anxious place and not known how to get out of it. So, the, yeah. Um, yeah, the guided is the way to go. It's it's. A, I, you know, I would love to do a guide. Eric and I are constantly looking for a guided a guide to come into our lives. I mean, I've done mushrooms many times <laughs> unguided. Uh huh. Uh, it's always like and just an amazing experience, but I would love to actually go in with intention, therapeutically yes. do a therapeutic dose, yeah. the right type of mushroom because there are many different strains of um, you know trippy mushrooms, psilocybin. Yeah. So, um, so it really does depend. You can you know I've I've had very different experiences each time. Um, yeah. All, Any resources you want to share offline? I, it's still illegal. Offline, I can, I can, but online, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, it's so. So I just wanted to. So, needless to say, we are all traumatized right now, just from this pandemic alone. The entire mm-hmm. world is traumatized. <laughs> so, I mean, I have to laugh because I'm traumatized. That's my name. yeah. That's my defense mechanism. But, you know, it's, I wonder how that's, you know, like the long-term effects when we talk about this sort of like biology of belief and everyone kind of believe, you know, just waiting for the, you know, the next thing to come down the pike and like, what is it, what's going to happen next? Like we're all sort of operating in this super heightened kind of charged environment. And it's like, how do we come down from that? Obviously we can't, unfortunately all like do a guided do microdosing or whatever it is of these alternative therapies. But I mean, short of that, what do you recommend? Yeah, that's a really, that's a beautiful question. I, I just did a live with this um, intuitive healer that I absolutely love. Her name is Peggy Rometto. 
you know, there's a lot of really amazing healers out there. Um, and I, for about over 10 years, I've been working with energy healers. I did talk therapy, then I went into energy healing, then I went to Reiki. I've done all that stuff. I love all that stuff. And it's oh my really God. I, have, I hope you don't mind, but <laughs> offline, I'm going to send you uh, yes. a very long list of requests for all these. <laughs> okay. okay. I have, I, I'm yeah. happy. I'm happy. I love this stuff. I mean, I yeah. also don't know how I like, I was just lucky I got onto this track, but yeah, I did. A, this woman is remarkable. She's been doing it for over, you know, 25 years. She's such, you would love her. You guys would love her. She's a lovely person and she, you know, can really tune in to the a higher source. I mean, whatever you want to call it, she calls it, you know, just a higher source of God overall. And she can tap into intuitively what's going on with you and what you need to do. And she also has the ability to sort of calm down your neurological system. It's wild. She'll give you a mantra that is just perfect for you that she doesn't give to anybody else. And when you say it to yourself, you can feel your body just chilling out, you know, like just like grounding itself. Um, and I know that sounds so like sort of, you know, woo woo, but the stuff really works. Yeah. And I know what you're saying. There's, she's of course talks about how, you know, she's not fear-based on any of this stuff. And I also have this other healer. I have a lot of healers I work with. His name's Rob Worgen. Have you heard of him? He was yeah. in the Heal documentary. He's pretty remarkable as well. Really remarkable. He's been doing it. He's a long, long time. He's beyond great. And and I talk to all these people and none of them are worried about this pandemic. None of them are worried about COVID. And they're just like, it's all, you know, you you can't live in a fear-based mode. And that is a huge part of all of this. We need to get to the place where, you know, we have been, we have been onslaughted with viruses and stuff for uh, forever. And there we, you know, we can't live in fear because it's going to, like you said, it's going to continue. So if we, we live, if we can calm down our neurological system, you know, and be like strong in our body and know that we can get past anything, that is a huge part of healing from anything and maybe not getting COVID. I'm not saying that, you know, that's the magic bullet here, but I think that, I mean, I'm not afraid of COVID. My fiance is, he has some heart issues and his, his mother passed away from COVID. So that, but I'm not afraid of it. If I do get it, that I will recover. So that's my, that is my philosophy. I haven't gotten it, but so I think that, you know, we have to figure out how to live in like, we just, you know, no fear. It's, it is tricky, you know, with what's going on in the world. But I think if we, really do believe in ourselves and we believe that we're, we're so freaking strong. I mean, we really have the power to heal anything. And um, I mean, I've seen people, you know, heal from cancer stage four and like, like with Kelly Turner's stuff and not do Western meds. I mean, that's pretty remarkable, right? And, yeah, go, off, and our, our, people our, go off medication, yeah. you know? So... I think that we just really do have, and then, you know, Joe Dispenza, do you know who Joe Dispenza is? I've heard him speak a few times. It's fascinating. Right? Yeah. I know. So him too, he, you know, was hit by a semi truck and, you know, basically couldn't walk and was able, was able to heal himself more mentally, emotionally. So I think there is this ability that we have that we are not tapped into yeah. enough of. Yeah. Have you read The Biology of Belief? No. 
Uh, it's another. Uh, I, I need to. <laughs> yeah, it's just about. I mean, it's basically what we're talking about. It's sort of how you know your, what you believe sort of affects your biology. Um, mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. very yes, but we're all. Uh, I mean, we don't like. How often do we hear from from doctors when something is ailing? You know, when we're sick from X Y Z, we go in like we're not necessarily being greeted with this sort of idea that our bodies are designed to heal right like yeah sort of first says well first and foremost listen your body is designed to heal itself so let's facilitate that healing it's always just like oh your body's attacking itself (laughs) right very often that is the kind of a very common line right with all the autoimmune uh, issues people have yeah yeah, they, they put us into a fear mode, just like when I had cancer, you know, like before they even staged it, that was right down the road of, you know, do you have a donor? We might have to do a, a transplant. You know, I never had even was a candidate for that, but it was like, really, you guys? Um, well, there's more money just, to be made in, in fear-based and fear-mongering than there is in, you know, self-sufficiency. So not to yeah. take a completely cynical approach, but... I mean, no, there's a big part of the, the you know, the, the modern pharmaceutical movement, at least, you know, at the very least that says, well, there's no money to be made selling, you know, apples and greens. So we better put <laughs> it in a pill. <laughs> Wait a minute. No. We made some money selling apples and greens. Yeah, you guys did. did. <laughs> oh, you absolutely. Well, did. Yeah. Thank God for you guys. Uh, really. Wait a minute. So I, you I were the beginning. Ask. Well, you <laughs> are the beginning. Well, we were all the beginning of no one invented juice, but we definitely all found uh, our own unique ways to bring it to the masses. So we'll give yes. each other high fives for that. Yeah. Um, I, I know we're running out of time, but I, I um, need to ask you two things. Have you seen this movie, uh, Fantastic Fungi or Fantastic Fungi? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> and two, because they talk, you know, a lot, yeah. uh, you know, probably a quarter of the time is spent covering psilocybin and um, fat therapy. Uh, And then what is your just general opinion of, you know, we talked a lot about the plant kingdom and its ability to heal. I'm just curious to get your take on uh, this other incredible kingdom that we are discovering. Um, And it's, it's sort of beyond uh, the magical part. What do you think about the function, the functionality of the mushrooms? You mean? Yeah. But yeah, I love I love them. You know, I mean, God, they've been around what centuries. So I think that they're incredibly healing. So I just I think they have the ability to really, you know, really calm down neurological systems, build immunity. I mean, I I just I love all the different aspects of of the mushrooms, and I just I I use a lot of it. I use reishi, chaga. You know, when I was healing myself recently with the Hashimoto's mm-hmm. and the celiac and all of that. And um, what form did you, did you use them? Just curious. More, I, d- I actually did. I mean, I'm um, friendly with Dr. Weil, Andrew Weil, who also was one of the first people to get into this functional medicine approach. He turned me on years and years ago to host events. Mm-hmm. Do you know that's, you know, my yep. community, so that supplement? Yeah. I mean, right. So that was my first entree into mushrooms. And I mean, I think that I thought that product and that product is still around and I think it's still pretty exceptional. Mm-hmm. But right now I, I do have a drink on my cleanse and it was, it is with reishi, you know, so a nighttime drink that people just love um, as well. And 
So, and then the chaga was powder form too. Mm-hmm. So I would say definitely I do a lot of powders mm-hmm. and um, more so than capsule. Right. All right. Well, maybe we'll send you some fun stuff and then you can get rid of the powders. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm always, I'm always open to, I'm a supplement junkie. I feel like I've taken every supplement on the market because I just, I, you know, was trying to get myself to feel better in every way. And I just love, um, I know that there's a lot of bad ones out there, but there are also a tremendous amount of good ones that can really be life-changing. So, yes, for sure. Okay. And going to Erewhon, you know, have you guys ever been into Erewhon? Are you joking? Like Erewhon is... (laughs) It's the happy we've we've purchased plane tickets with the sole purpose of going to Erewhon, but our product so. literally just landed there, so we're I actually did? now in all six. Yes. Go oh to Erewhon and buy Earth and Star functional mushroom beverages. They are at okay. Now. Okay, yeah, um, I will totally. I will totally. I'm like, I am friendly with the owners, so um, we're so going right to tell them that, how much you love this product. I will. I totally will. I um, am right now tra- negotiating a deal. They're might be making my bars. So they've been looking for a bar oh, to sell. And um, I have a juice there as well. Nice. It's, a, it's called a Alyssa's thyroid juice. So yeah, I know. It's too bad there isn't anything like that on the East Coast, right? It's so What's ridiculous. Up with that? It's so ridiculous. I don't know. I, I don't mean, know. We've got like the one-off mom and pops. We've got like everybody knows Melvin, the juice guy. But other than that, it's like, yeah, there's no real brand on the East Coast. It's crazy. I was talking to somebody yesterday who um, I was, we were talking about, fermented foods and the coconut yogurt kefirs. I mean, they're like a dime a dozen here in LA, like even the coconut kefir waters or the, or the yogurts. And there's nothing to be found in New York. Yeah. It's so yeah. wild. So um, wait, can I ask you guys, how did, how did this product come about for you? I mean, we were users as well uh, of functional mushrooms back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it just kind of got to the point where it was like, wait a minute. There are like one or two brands on the market. Like where, where are all the, you know, the functional mushroom brands? I mean, there was nothing that was kind of presented in a way that was consumer friendly, that was convenient, that tasted delicious, that was really transparent, that was, you know, focused on fruiting body, that was all organic. You know, so it was really like a lot of, for as powerful and, you know, effective this product was it just seemed like how 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 is this not like you know like we need to just make this into a super uh consumer friendly product that tastes delicious delicious because everything at the time was just like and still for for the most part is like a powder or pill or yes you know a tincture and it's just like why don't we take the thing if we want this to be right so these are adaptogens they're meant to be taken every day. It needs to be a part of your habit. As we were talking about immunity, this is really about building up every day. So it's like, yeah. how do we incorporate this into people's um, habits that you know that they're already doing, as opposed to asking them to do one more thing um, and, or change their habit to, in order to incorporate it? So we obviously knew beverage, and so we thought like there's an opportunity here to create a beverage that's you know basically replicating what people are already doing every day. So, you know, plant-based lattes, coffee, tea, um, and just infusing that with functional mushrooms. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to try them. Can't believe I haven't tried them before. I'm like feeling a little behind this 
Well, no, it's awesome. brand new. So we just, I mean, we literally yeah. just got to Erewhon like two weeks ago. So, you know. Oh, really? Fun. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank That's you. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for spending the time with us and sharing your story because this is really, it's very, um, it's inspiring and it's just nice to connect with people who are like-minded in this way. There's never, never, never enough of these types of conversations. I totally agree. And thank you guys. I'm honored to have you guys also talk to me. You know, I love, um, I'm so excited to try your product and what you're doing and what you did before. So um, I love, you're right. The like-mindedness, the, just the connection that you already feel with people like yourselves. You know, I, or, you know, you're, you're sort of automatically connected before you even talk, right? <laughs> that feeling of like, we're all on that same path. And we want to do such great things for people and help people out there. It's it's intoxicating, really. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Alyssa. And best of luck to you. And um, let's stay in touch. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening to HTW. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and make sure and rate us on iTunes. You can even give us five whole stars if you think we deserve it. If you have ideas for guests or topics, you can call our 1-800 number, Yes, we have a 1-800 number at 800-674-1839 or holler at us on social at HTW Podcast. You can also head to our website at htwpodcast.com for more episode info and check out our Daily Blend blog to see what we're drinking.